is a bloom. You're listening to Three Valleys Radio. Welcome to our In Conversation program. In this town, you're out of luck. Every week we talk to a sporting personality to find out just what makes them tick. And you're not moving anywhere. From their early childhood, to their professional career, to their musical tastes. Take you out of this place, someone you can We cover it all. So sit back and enjoy as we talk to this week's special guest. Here on Three Valleys Radio. Good evening and welcome to In Conversation. Now this week we have slightly broken the mould in so much as today's guest is not really a sportsman, although he did have trials in goal for Lake Norwich a few years back. So you could say he is a, a, a what should we say, a retired um, sportsman. Um, but in, in other ways, his story is so unique, it's so interesting. I'm sure you're going to love every minute as we have a conversation with Mr. Gary Wiltshire. Now also, just to set the tone, and before Gary starts uh, chatting away to me, uh, we're going to start with a musical piece, just for a change, but it'll also set the tone for the day.
first musical choice from gary is Chaz and dave yeah my favorite his favorite everybody's favorite ain't no pleasing you well good morning gary um it's a pleasure to have you on the show you are the first of a new breed as far as we're concerned here on three valleys radio that we've never done a, a turf accountant before but you are the number one man i think so uh, welcome to the show yeah, lovely. Thank you, Adi. Thanks for inviting us. And uh, that's the first time I've been called a turf accountant for many, many years. That's a word that uh, I don't think is in operation anymore, turf what? accountant. But it used to be when you used to see the old betting shops in the high street, you see the name up and underneath turf accountant. That's so, right. Uh, yeah. Going back to bookmaking, Adi. Well, it shows you what an old fart I am, really, because <laughs> I I can go back that far. See, that's the problem. Um, but but Gary, let, let let's start at the beginning. Um, you know, how did you get into to turf accounting? Uh, well, I'm well, I'm going to call it bookmaking, Adi. I'm okay. Afraid. We're going to take the turf accounting out for this interview. And uh, right, as a kid, uh, I was brought up in London. Uh, my mum and dad were uh, flower sellers in the market, Lever Lane Market in Oban. I don't know if anyone knows that, or Chapel Street Market in Islington. And uh, I saw how I was brought up as a, you know, as a as a barrow boy. That's how I started my career. And uh, we had a flower shop in Grazing Road opposite the Sunday Times, called it Valentine's Florist. It was really a good business. Then all of a sudden, we had all the, uh, it was all the trouble, if you can remember, with the newspapers, and they all moved yeah. to Wapping and, yeah. and everything, and that closed down. And then I thought, right, I've always loved the bet. I've always been a bet. I've always worked, you know. And uh, the best thing I ever done was got myself a bookmaker's license in... Uh, Stony Stratford, it was near Milton Keynes, and yeah. uh, 
got a solicitor there just in case and uh you know in them days it was very very hard to get a bookies license AD. yeah yeah and uh when i went there the judge i'll never forget and he said is this man these previous convictions which i never and the police stood up and they said yes we've got uh we've got an objection here because he was found uh drunk and disorderly in bridlington disgusting just ah. about, yeah, no, this is 100% truth, and <laughs> I was just about to say something, and my solicitor banged me on the knee, and uh, he said, uh, well, you know, and the judge, they looked at each other, and I said, it wasn't me, it wasn't me, <laughs> and, uh, and they said, and I don't know about what, I don't know why, but in them days, it was very hard to get a license, and I don't know how, how we got it, and they said, well, we'll give him a chance, everyone can have a can have a moment of madness, the judge said, and uh, license granted. And uh, I still don't know to this day how, how there was a police objection because I've never been to Bridlington. And funny enough, I've never been to Bridlington since. So, <laughs> ever. So, uh, but I've got my license when I was 23, 24, and I'm now 66. So I've been at Bookie for over 40 years. And I'll never forget my dad when I got the license. He said, You won't last. He said, I'll give you a month. And, uh, I've lasted over 40 years, so uh, he was wrong and I was right. Well, there you go. Well, that's a case proved then, definitely. Um, so so <laughs> as things stand at the moment then, Gary, um, you, you, you obviously, you're on course bookmaker, but um, have, you, have you got a sort of a base as well or not? Uh, no, well, I live in Melton Mowbray now. I live, you know, where they, where they make all the pies. Yeah. Fortunately, I'm not allowed to eat the pies no more. But uh, <laughs> I was, uh, I was, yeah, no, I've got 75 race course pitches spread all over the country. Used to love coming to Wincanton. Yeah. I haven't got a pitch there now. I used to love that. I bought a pitch at Salisbury. Yeah. Uh, in Tattersall's number 12, I think, or number 13 or 14. I forget what it is, but we haven't been there yet this year. But uh, I used to love, I love all the West Country, you know, as a punter. Mm. I used to love going to Wincanton, and that was my favourite trip. I used to love going to Wincanton. Very hard to win there. Yeah. A bookie there. Gentleman called Ivor Perry. Yeah. make a book there and now his uh, daughter Wendy's taken over the business but good fo- good people there and good punters as well uh, Aidy you know people <laughs> you, you go you go to some tracks in London they want to have two pound on and a pound each way yeah. you go to Wincan and then you get people want fifties and hundreds and two hundreds on yeah. good punters there yeah no that's that's fair enough then so um, I suppose we, we'd better get we, it, it, it's kind of the story is there waiting to be told so we, we're going to have to talk about Frankie and uh the, the uh, Champions Day, which caused a lot of problems for you, I presume. Um, you know, to, to start off on the, the, the first race, uh, when you go into a, a situation such as that, I mean, obviously Frankie is very popular and, you know, all the housewives and all the rest of it, they get on him, I've no doubt. But, um, you know, when you when you see sort of, was it six or seven? Seven, wasn't it? Magnificent seven, yeah. yeah. But I'll start, off, AD, I'll, I'll start off with what happened that day. Yeah, there's in life, you don't know what's around the corner. No. And we was on the way to Worcester. And right. I lived at Milton Keynes, that uh, little Allwood, which is a little village just outside Milton Keynes. And we were driving to Worcester, and there was a big traffic delay at Banbury. Yeah. And when we come on the M40, and it was like, it was snowed up for about six or seven miles and I thought well I'm going to miss the first race at Worcester we won't get there and I run my clerk up Pete Outen who lives in Swindon at the time and I said Pete I'm never going to get there mate and I said I'll tell you what we'll do let's go to Ascot we'll switch 
and we'll go to Ascot. It looks a real hard card. I said, you know, we're only at the bottom of the rails. We might go and nick a few quid there, like win a monkey or something, which mm. in them days, £500 was a lot of money. Yeah. And he said, OK, and I'll turn round. I turned round. Instead of going towards Worcester, I turned the, instead of going north on the M40 at Banbury, I went left, finished up at Ascot, and you know what happened there. It was absolutely unbelievable. But it was a magnificent seven. But on the first five races, I wasn't doing any harm, you know. Mm, I, mm. I thought, you know, and then when Frankie rode the first five winners, I got caught up in the uh, what was happening, the yeah. atmosphere. And uh, I only went there. You know, I was a very small bookie. Well, I say small bookie. I was the biggest bookie in the country. I would have thought uh, over 30 stone at them days. But <laughs> I had lost weight since then. But uh, I only went there to win a few quid, and I got absolutely carried away. And I think going into the sixth race, when he rode the first five winners, Frankie, I said to my clerk, I said, we've got a chance here. Like, I smell, you know, I've always been good with figures and everything. Yeah. I knew the last one was 20 to 1, Fujiyama Crest, you know. Yeah. And I said, if he wins the sixth race, we've got a chance here, Pete. I'm going to have a go. And I did have a go, you know. He won the sixth race, and I don't think we was a lot behind. I think I might have been five or six hundred pounds behind. That was all, because I only laid the sixth one night at small money. Yeah. And then on the seventh one, it opened up at four to one. And if anybody read my book, Winning It Back, it's got all the me accounts from Coles that day, how much I lost to him on that race. And I think I lost 480,000 at Coles. And the first bet I laid was 20 grand at four to one. Well, mm. if I could lay four to one, a 20 to one chance, that would suit me and would suit anyone who had any idea of, you know, of figures. Yeah. And then they took three to one. Then they took two and a half to one. Then they took two to one because the big boys, the big firms, the big betting shops wanted to shorten the price up for everyone who backed it in their shops. So really and truthfully, they was lessening their liabilities. And I thought, right, I'm going to have a go here. And the last bet I laid, I think, was 40 grand at 9 or 4, and I stood it for 1.4 million in one race. Now, you know, that's a big, 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 you could imagine. Any other, I don't think there's many other on course bookmakers who's ever done that. But uh, I did it. I thought it was money for nothing. You know, I've always loved the dinner. Yeah. And I thought I was getting free dinners for life here. <laughs> and I had no, I had no intonation that yours could win because I was a racehorse owner at the time as well. And if any, David Wintle used to train my horses and Norman McCauley. And we had, if we had a horse who was a bit iffy, we always used to put blinkers on it. And yeah. I was always, uh, any horse that had blinkers, I wanted a layer. And this horse, I looked down, it had blinkers as well, Fujiyama Crest. It couldn't win, it was a 20 to 1 chance. And I was laying 2 to 1 at the end of 20 to 1 chance. I just took it on. Yeah. The only good part of my, the only good part of the story is good job they went off on time. Because if they'd have went off five minutes later, that 1.4 million would have been 2.8 million. And I think then we all would have been in big, big trouble. But uh, it won. I don't know how it led all the way. Frankie, best day for racing, I think. I know I've done my money, but it's done me, it's done me no harm at all, Aidy. Because, you know, I got a job with BBC. I was a BBC betting expert at Royal Ascot and Grand National everywhere with John Parrott on the TV. Then I went to Sky Sports and I was a betting presenter there. And, you know, and, and all my life, and even when I go racing now, when I go away on holiday, you'll always get someone when I'm walking along the parade, Hi, hi, where's Frankie? Do you want a pizza? <laughs> you know, and that's what you get. But my life for the past 25 years, there's going to be a film. They want to do a film of it. Ray Winston was going to play the part of me. Yeah. And, uh, and even now, like 25 years on, you know, ITV, 
want to do something this year. We're having a big night with Frankie. We was going to have one in Frome last year, funny enough, up your way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Paul, Paul Starr was going to uh, was going to get it all fixed up, the darts man, and we, we, it, was, it was a sellout. And then, unfortunately, COVID come along. Yeah. So we had to cancel that, a night with Frankie, a night with Gal and Frankie. Gal being me, a London n- nickname for people called Gary. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but it's done me no harm, here. You know, I love the game. I love horse racing. My family love horse racing now. And really and truthfully, people talk about that Frankie Dettori day, and I'm going to say it made me. Yeah. And not many people would say that, but, you know, I still go along in life with a smile. And that's what the game's all about. You know, I'm getting old now, but I still like to go out the races. Yeah. Uh, funny enough, as you're recording this, I'll be on the way to Market Raisin later on this evening racing. I yeah. was at Nottingham yesterday, and I'll be at Chelmsford tomorrow. So it's, it's three little rides. Nottingham, Market Raisin, and Chelmsford. They're the three days what's coming up. But I love the game like you love the game. You love horse yeah. racing. Yeah. You know, and a lot of your listeners would love horse racing where, where you're based at. And it's just great. It's a great way of life, you know. And, and I just think that, you know, people can get out. Don't forget, we've had the situation with COVID. We've all been locked in for a long, long time, haven't we? Yeah. And now we're yeah. all coming out of it. And, you know, please God, we've all got our health. And that's what the game's all about. It's, life is not about money. It's about health, baby. Yeah. Right, let's have another one of Gary's musical selections for today. And this one is going to be Mr. Neil Diamond and Cracklin' Rosie. Ah, oh, Cracklin' Rosie, get on board. We're going to ride till there ain't no more to go. Taking it slow. And Lord, don't you know have me a time with a poor man's lady Hitching on a twilight train Ain't nothing here that I care to take along Maybe a song To sing when I want Don't need to say please to no man for a happy tune Oh, I love my rosy child Got the way to make me happy You and me, we go and start Crackling rules, you're a storeboard woman But you make me sing like a guitar humming So hang on to me, girl, a song keeps running Play it now, play it now, play it now Last for an hour, that's alright, cause we got all night to set the world right. Find us a dream that don't ask no questions, yeah. Oh, I love my rosy child, you got the way to make me happy. You and me, we go in style. Raggling rose, your store-bought woman But you make me sing like a guitar humming So hang on to me, girl, a song keeps running oh, Play it now, play it now, play it now My baby, Cracklin' Rose, make me a smile Girl, if it lasts for an hour 
Diamond there and cracked and rosy. Well, Gary, uh, t- tell me something. Um, I- I- I've probably got this wrong, but um, it-, it sounds to me from what you're saying as though the majority of the bets that you took on Frankie's races were just singles. So, because I was thinking, well, you know, if you if people had done accumulator, because I suppose quite a few people did an accumulator, um, you'd have been sort of thinking, well, for God, why well, he can't get a fifth? Well, oh, bloody hell, he's got a fifth, he's got a sixth. Well, he can't get a seventh, surely. I mean, did that sort of equation come into your thinking or not? I mean, well, in my thinking, but on course, we don't lay doubles, trebles, accumulators, but all the betting shops did. That's why they had so many big liabilities. Yeah, yeah. And it was massive, you know, but in my mind, I was thinking what you just said, Aidy, well, this kid can't, it can't, it can't, it can't, it can't. <laughs> it did. It did. It did. I can assure you it did. And, yeah. Uh, but uh, that was, you know, it, it, but the people, it made a lot of people, funny enough, uh, really wealthy because people who had their little two pound and three pound and fifty pence and pound don't forget everyone's got to gamble responsibly yeah. even now you know but mm. even in them pound days they was having they was winning absolute like fortunes they were getting if, and they if they took the price you know of yeah. the horses in the morning yeah. Yeah. and not a lot of people took the price they just done the bets at SP and that's why all the money that I lost was to the big firms I never laid one one normal I call one normal person mm. come up to me to have a bet like a normal punter because no one that was doing it it was all it was all multiples running up running up running up yeah and that's what it was for lady you know it was and that's where all the all the money went it was the big firms trying to shorten their liabilities it was yeah. like the stock exchange you know yeah it was an absolute you imagine the betting shops in them days and you know it, we we're not like we are now with all laptops and computers and everything mm. it was the betting shops had to ring up the head office to tell them how many bets they laid and they never knew the head people you know i'm very friendly with bet fred you know fred Stone, and yeah he had i think he had about 25 shops at that stage and he was saying to us that he was in the office and they never knew what the liabilities was. They never knew till the Sunday morning, yeah. you know, how much they lost. And a lot of people, you know, you'd have thought they'd have went out of business. But really and truthfully, you know, that day, well, when you think, you know, I know it was a bad day for the industry, but was it a bad day, Ada? You're talking about it 25 years later on, on the radio station here. So yeah, yeah. Was it a bad day? I think it's a good day, for, you know, and I, I think even the big boys, really and truthfully, if they told the truth, it wasn't a bad day. It was a good day for the industry. Yeah. But going back to that last race, um, I mean, do you think, do you put that down to the magic of Frankie Dettori or do you really think the, the horse had a good day? I mean, you know, you said yourself you didn't think it, it you, you, you didn't think it would win. Yeah, well, I've always, you know, I've always thought I was a judge, but the only best judges are in the old Bailey, aren't they? <laughs> you know, they're, yeah. they're the ones who know the edges from getting it, you know. I, I'll be truthful, I try not to. I try not to look back on that race or watch it or anything, although I did go to Sotheby's on the three Mondays later and I bought the race seven from the actual balls, you know, that yeah. was up in them days. We had the old, do you remember the old metal stand with the jockeys? Yes, I do indeed, yeah. The jockeys yeah. in there and different thing. And I went there and I bought that and, uh, 
and it's it, look, it's just it was history, isn't it? Really, mm. but you know, I know that what I know that watching it when they used to come round the home straight at Ascot, there used to be a man used to ring a brass bell. Yeah, you know when they come into the straights, where everyone knew the horses at the home straight. I'm going back a years now, but and then when I heard that bell go and I see he was still in front, Frankie, I thought, oh, hang on a minute, now surely they're going to come and do him here. Yeah, and then when it got the two furlongs from home, I'm still thinking something's going to come out of the blue. And then all of a sudden, when it got to a furlong from home, I looked, well, hang on a minute, we've only got one chance here, half a furlong from home. Pat Edderby was coming up on the outside, and I thought, go on, Pat, go on, Pat. And then all of a sudden, at the post, the cheers went up. Frankie's done it, the Magnificent Seven. I think it was Jim McGuire that was commentating, mm-hmm. the old Pelt and BBC days. And, and when he said it, and it never really yet, to be truthful, Abe, it never really yet that what I'd done. No. You know, I, I, never, I weren't adding it up. I just got, to, I just got, you know, I just got carried away. I think in, in every big person, there's a thin person wanting to come out. And I was standing on the box that day at Ascot on the bottom of the rails, and I thought I was the comedian on the pier. You know, I <laughs> thought I was the star actor, like taking all the bets. But the only thing that uh, on the Sunday, we went back there on the Sunday because I thought, well, I've got to go back. You know what I mean? Mm. And face it, like, you know, I couldn't yeah. pay anyone at the time, you know, because mm. I had to sell my house. I had a lovely house with two houses. They had to go. Uh, two brand spanking Mercedes cars they had to go because I thought to myself well you know if I was owed money by anyone and if I'm driving around in a new Mercedes I wouldn't like that no you know and I saw, but when I went there on a Sunday I never took one bet mm. and I was there for four races and Sue Barker come up the the Wimbledon queen as we call her the tennis queen she was working for BBC and she interviewed me like you know and I never took one bet in four races and the rumour was going around the track don't bet with Wilkshire because he won't pay yeah. you won't get paid he's he done all his money yesterday and he won't pay but that hurt being a, you know, being a yeah. boy all up in London you know my all I was told was you know if you if you borrow any money or get involved you pay mm. you know you never try to not pay and that hurt me when, I, when people were saying don't bet with him yeah, no, ab- absolutely. That night, and I'll be truthful, that was my first tears that I had, you know, when I got home that night. Well, I never had any tears on the Saturday night because I went to walk, I was, you know, I went back to the dogs at Milton Keynes. It was a bookie Saturday night when I got back there, but that, that's when it hurt uh, on the Sunday. And I thought mm. myself, no, I'm not an knocker, I'm going to pay. And then from that on, from Monday onwards, I think on the Monday, I went to. Uh, I went up to Scotland, I drove up to Scotland and uh, I think I went to Loch Lomond, I was walking around there and I was absolutely in the stage, it was only even money whether I jumped in, that's how my mind was, you yeah. know what I mean, I was yeah. absolutely like gone, you know, my head was completely gone with it and uh, I don't know what made me do it and I had a sleep Monday night and then on the, I drove back on the Tuesday, went and see Coles on the Tuesday, Trevor Beaumont who is the head man of Coles and explained to him that you know I will pay but I've got to sell some property and he said yes he said but I've got the other big firms there was a couple of other big firms I mentioned no names but Mm. in them days it was the big three yeah and uh, Cole were one of them and he said they want you warned off the track Gary they want me to take you to court to say that you can't pay and we want you they want you to lose your license and I said well it's up to you and he went no I know you're a man of your word and he stood by me, Coles. That was the most nearly 500, you know, half a million I owed him. Yeah. And then, as I said, I sold the house, I sold the cars. But it took me nearly four years to get back on my feet. And, uh, you know, even now, you know, I go I go to the races now. And even the likes of, you know, your local trainer, the God, I call him Paul Nichols. Mm. 
you know, you go there and if I see him, you know, they always say hello and we nod each other. I don't know if to talk to, you know, to say yeah. hello and that. Yeah. But, you know, I'm respecting on all race courses and I think money can't buy that. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, your actions afterwards in selling your house and selling your cars and all the rest of it is, is very honourable and, uh, you know, more power to your elbow. I think it's, I think it's, a, it's a great way to, uh, to if you like, put, put it into a, a somewhat sad story in a way, although it did have its pluses, we know, but... You know, from your perspective, it wasn't the greatest sort of day of your life, I guess, was it? So uh, to finish it like that was brilliant. Time for some more music now. So let's have a little bit of rabbit. Rabbit, 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 You got a beautiful chin. You got a beautiful skin. You got a beautiful face. You got taste. Now you're a wonderful girl You've got a wonderful smell You've got wonderful arms You've got charm You've got wonderful air We make a wonderful pair Now I don't mind having a chat But you have to keep giving it that No, you won't stop talking Why don't you give it a rest You've got more rabbit than Sainsbury's It's time you got it off your chest Now you were just the kind of girl to break my heart in two I knew right off when I first clapped my eyes on you But how was I to know you'd bend my ear holes too With your incessant talking You'll be coming a pest. Rabbit, 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 yep, yep, rabbit, yep, 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 rabbit, rabbit, bunny, jabber, rabbit, yep, rabbit, rabbit, bunny, rabbit, jabber, jabber, rabbit, rabbit, yep, yep, rabbit, rabbit, bunny, yep, rabbit, rabbit, jabber, rabbit. Well, there you go, the brilliant Shaz and Dave there and Rabbit. But of course, this all might not have happened if you'd pursued your your ambitions, if you like, as uh, playing football for Lake Orient. Yeah, they were the days I, I was at, uh, when I was in London, and I was, my dad was a goalkeeper as well. He used to play for Brentford. Yeah, and uh, and uh, I was yeah, I was a good goalkeeper in them days. I was very thin, and you know, used to be represented London, and it was like I went to Ivory Grove School. I never forget my headmaster was Rhodes Boyson, the ex. Uh, he was a Conservative MP. That's right. But Didn't he have a MP. funny moustache? That's right, yeah. yeah. Funny moustache, yeah. yeah. I, I, I remember Rhodes. One, one, even in them days, I used to love having a bet. And uh, I went out one lunchtime, and uh, I used to look at the paper in the morning still when I was 15, when I was 14, 15 and 16, you know. 
and I fancied one I'll never forget and I went to the local betting shop it was extra McDonald's in Ivory because I went to Ivory Grove School yeah. stood outside I someone to put me a bet on a two pound bet on something you can imagine <laughs> all of a sudden the horse won went to get the money while someone else to, to collect it I think it was three to one I had eight pound to draw never let me mum and dad know naturally they'd have went mad if they knew I was betting yeah. the person who uh, the person who took the went and drew the money for me then read up then rang up at Ivory Grove School and said like you know what happened they caught me for gambling and I got the cane six of the best from Sir Rose Boyson oh, there in front you go. of everyone this will tell you you will not bet if you bet you know where you'll finish up yeah. but I did carry on in and I finished up in a position pretty high but I never forget that day when I got the cane from Rose Boyson so you know <laughs> the days of you know I've had it in my blood all the time the the racing game and the industry and everything but I do I do enjoy it still this is a this is the thing, Aidy, you know, I think, mm. you know, people enjoy it. I, I think we're betting, and as long as you bet responsibly, you know, the people have their 10Ps and 20Ps on, and that is, you know, my mum and dad were never big punters, you know, they laid out £2 on a Saturday, that was a lot of them. And, uh, but, you know, it's a, it's a good, good life. Look, everyone likes a bit of sport, don't they, in our yeah. life, you know, wherever yeah. you go. Ian Botham was an hero of mine, you know, when, you know, when I, and then I went for the tote and I used to cook, I do uh, present all the, trophies at the cricket and I'll never forget going to Taunton I used to love going there presenting the, they used to do the 2020 I think yeah. live on Sky and my job was to present the trophy of the day the man of the match award who whoever won it you know but that's when I worked you know that was that only come out of being what happened to Tory day you know after mm. when I worked for Tote Sport because they wanted me to represent them on the race course the Tote which is the government Concerned, so I really and truthfully, you know, from being where I was, you know, like, just like a, a brought up in London as a barrow boy, really and truthfully, you know, my life's been been good. Yeah, you know, I think it's an incredible story. Time for some more music now, and no, it's not Chas and Dave this time. It's Tom Jones, and it's not unusual. It's not unusual to see me cry, I wanna die It's not unusual to go out at any time But when I see you out and about, it's such a crime If you should ever wanna be loved by anyone It's not unusual, it happens every day No matter what you say Find it happens all the time Love will never do What you want to do Why can't this crazy love be more? It's not unusual to be mad with anyone It's not unusual to be sad with anyone But if I ever find that you've changed at any time It's not unusual to find that I'm in love with you 
Thomas the Jones there, and it's not unusual. So, so look at it, your situation now. Where, what, what, you know, how do you, what, what's the, what's the Gary Wiltshire Empire looking like now? Have you still got a, a lot of um, pitches, or, or have you reduced that yeah. down? No, unfortunately, AD, I've still got about seventy odd pitches all over the country from air, from Brighton to Air. Uh, I did buy a pitch at Goodwood this year, and I've uh, had a reunion at Goodwood. I haven't been there for a long time, and who's who come up to us? I don't have anyone see the interview, but ITV come up, Matt Chapman, you know, said, oh, oh, yeah. what we found here, there's a familiar face here. So, again, you know, wherever you go, people come up to you and they want to talk to you, they want to bet with you. And it's it's really, honestly, it's you'd be surprised, you know, as you get older, and I would have thought, you know, 65 retirement, you know, that done me. Although I would never retire, I still like the point of points, I love the point of points, I do the hour of racing still. And, uh, you know, it's just people sort of want you, like even yourself ringing me, you know, saying coming on your radio show and mm. different like that. I do, lo- do all the local BBC radio stations for uh, when we had the European football on. You know, they were yeah. ringing me because they've still got me down, I think, on the list as a betting expert, BBC. But, yeah. you know, uh, funny enough, I did put up Italy and win it as well. So, oh. you know, they, they, might have, they might have me back in four years' time if I'm still alive and breathing. But, no, it's just, you know, it, uh, yeah, I still go out every day. Uh, well, not every day, but most days. And uh, we go out, you know, and different things. And, you know, my, my life changed. I had the, I, when I was doing the BBC, I was up to 37 stone. And uh, oh, yeah. you know, I found it very hard, very, very hard doing the doing the Royal Ascot and everything. And then I was I had very bad diabetes and I had a gastric sleeve operation right. paid for by Fred Doan, you know, the best yeah. man he paid for. I never knew I was having it because I was scared I would never go in and do it. Mm. And I was in hospital in Solio Hospital and all of a sudden the nurse come up and she said, Oh, uh, you're being transferred in, in a, can you get all we'll get all your stuff ready, you're going to the private hospital at the spire. Around the corner, Parkway Hospital in Solio in Birmingham. I said, what for? And she said, you're having a gastric. I said, no, I'm not. She said, well, it has. It's been paid for by, by Fred. Who's paid for it? And it was like, you know, I bet Fred paid for it. I went in there the following day, had the operation, and I was down at 23 stone. I lost 14 stone, I think, in three months. Really? Much is that? I've never got, I've never got any smaller since. I'm still exactly the same, but yeah, I yeah. could walk. I would have been dead. I would have been dead. This was about eight years ago, eight and a half years ago, and I would have been, I would have been dead. You know, it would, it would work for no ifs or buts. You know, I couldn't even walk. You know, with a diabetes. Yeah. And uh, I had the operation, and all of a sudden, I was back on me. You know, not, not sort of back on your feet straight away, but give me a bit of hope again. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and now the last eight years have been good. You know, I've moved out here. I used to live in Birmingham then, and I've moved out here to Melton Mowbray now. And, uh, you know, I'm really, really happy, you know, with a, you know with me, with my partner who I was with 25 years ago. She was a jockey. She used to ride the Arab races, Sharon Broadley. Yeah. And I'm with her, and we've been here eight years, and, like, the, the towel's gone from... The backwards to forwards to backwards but you know happy you know drive you know near the coast i'm only an hour away from the coast from the east coast if i want to go to sutton on sea or skegness for the day you know that's yeah. what kept us going in the in the covid because you had to keep on going out you had to keep your mind going you know mm. for me to sit indoors all the time it was horrible Aidy, horrible mm. but you know, I went out every day, got an old convertible Mercedes car that we used, you know, occasionally. We took the roof off that and went out and, 
and that's what the game's all about keeping your mind going and you know what one thing i don't like i don't like the young people getting involved betting on their phones and you know, I go to the race course and I see youngsters. They don't know what they're doing. They're just pressing the button with all the with all the firms now that bet. You know, online. Yeah. Well, and, the trouble uh, is, it's I so easy to... now, isn't it? It's so easy. It is so easy, mate. It's so easy for people. You know, mm. I used to always like saying, "I like." You know, I, I, you know, you, you don't know. You know, you don't know who you're betting with now. A lot of these firms and on the exchanges, betting exchanges, it's like. You know, I like to know who I'm getting in bed with at night. But if mm. you're playing on the internet, on this betting exchange, you don't know who you're getting in bed with at night. You could be getting in bed with a jockey, a trainer, an owner who owns the horses that you're backing, who laying, or whatever, vice versa. So, yeah. as you said, Aidy, that true words, it's so easy now. Mm. And I don't like that. You know, I, I think when you're in the old days, you, had, you used to go racing, you might have had seven races at Wincanton or Salisbury. And you could have seven bets, couldn't you, if you wanted to? Yeah, yeah. You know, but now you can have a million bets a day. You know, there's racing, every, everything that's going on and everything, you know. Oh, and it's right. so, so, you know, it's so easy eh, to get mm. involved now. No, you're right, it is. But it was it's a good job you didn't come to Salisbury on, uh, on Wednesday when we went because, uh, well, no, I expect you would have had a, a good day. The first race winner was 100 to 1. The second race was a 20 to 1. And the third race was a 7 to 1 winner. So you'd have done all right, probably, I would imagine. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm a, unfortunately, I'll give you a little uh, insight into how I play when I go to the races. When them 100 to 1 chances win, I usually lose. Yeah, was that right? Yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've still got it in my mind that them ones can't win. When they're 100 to 1 or bigger, they never win. Mm. You know, and I always, I like laying the favourites, like if I can. Or, but, and I like land a big one, the big price horses and dogs or whatever. Yeah. But I like being left with I like being left with horses or dogs from three to one to six to one because right. I like them. What we call the middle pins in our game, you know. Yeah. And I like being left with them as winners. The middle pins are, uh, are what I like and everything, you know. But uh, that's how that's how I. But my son Charlie, he was he come out with you know he come out with me and it, he he was a he was he was an actor. He was unlucky. He nearly got on a Peaky Blinders. He got through the oh, last yeah. four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, when they went, when they went for the uh, audition in Edinburgh, and he rang me up. He went, "I'm a certainty, Dad." He said, "There's no odds." He said, "I've, I've got the job." And then, unfortunately, and after that, he never got the job, and uh, he, he, they put him as reserve. And I think it, you know, but he's a, he's in the racing game, but not so much now. He's an estate agent, but after that, he works all the holiday camps up your way. He worked all the Torquay, Devon, he'd done all the Cornwall, and he'd done all the holiday <laughs> camp. He was like an entertainer, yeah. you know, and uh, he had his own night spot and that. But he's, even he's not in the racing game no more. And he's an estate agent, really and truthfully. I think the game, the racing game is, I don't like to say dying, because I hate using that word, but I think on course, it's, well, it's not dying, but it's very, very hard. And, you know, the game has completely changed. Where I used to go out and want to lay one to lose whatever, now the internet just takes over, AD, and whatever yeah. the internet is. The internet is the governor. Yeah, yeah. Well, now we're going to finish up with a double header from Chaz and Dave. First up, we've got London Girls, and then we're going to follow that up with Gurcha. <laughs> About Deutsche girls and girls from California They might be alright for a night, alright But don't trust him, I warn ya 
I've been to the east and I've been out west and I've been all the world around But I ain't seen none come anywhere near the girl from a London town from Chaz and Dave and now we got Gurcha.
From Chaz and Dave, of course. So you said you're 66, I think you said that now. So, I mean, yeah. um, how long are you going to carry on for then, Gary? Till I've got breath in my body, I've been told. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, I've been at, I've been at Chelmsford for, I've been there looking after the owners, you know, for the, when we had yeah. no, no crowds on course and everything for Fred, for Bet Fred, because he owns the course there. And uh, it was funny, about six months ago, I met an owner there who'd come up and his words were, only a young chap, young, I say young, in his 40s, might be, and he, he come up, he went, I love the way you and your missus work, because we were the only bookie in there for the owners, you know, inside yeah. the, the owners bit. And I said, it's only because we're winning. I said, when we're losing, we'll have a row, like, you know, started laughing. <laughs> and he said, uh, I've just sold my business. And he said, uh, when when I when I start, when I get it, he said, I'd love to get involved with you. With the betting. And I thought, yeah, okay. anyway, you hear it a million times. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Giving me cough, and about four months later, this is going back about more oh, than about ten months ago now. And about four to five months later, he ran me, and he went, "Hello, Gal, it's Nicky." And I went, "Hello, I can't place you." And he went, "Oh no, I was. Do you remember I come up to it and I said, "Oh yeah." He said, "Can we have a? Can we have a meet?" And he come around my house, like you know, I live in a little village now, but it's lovely, you know, little yeah. village, and that we've got lovely. 
guard and lake at the bottom and whatever. And uh, and he come round and we started talking about betting and different things. And he said we want to start betting. You know, I wanted to do betting online and different things. And uh, and I thought no more. Anyway, then I googled the man like who was come round and he had a big pharmaceutical company that he sold like for a lot of money. And uh, funny enough, we're just in the process now as you're talking to me. They're going online the first of September. The firm's going to be called Bresbet B R E S Bet Bresbet. Yeah. And we're going to go back to how bookmaking used to be, Aidy. So yeah. what we're going to do is spot back 25 years. And our bookies used to be, how you were saying, we were talking earlier about how betting used to be. Yeah. And that's what we're going to do. And it's not, and we're having a foundation as well for one over a million pounds a year, the Bresbet Foundation. And it's going to be for all the charities, racing welfare, a children's charities, and we're going to do that. And it's not as if we're going to, well, it's not me, it's Nick, you know, the company, but I'm, I'm with them. And it's not as if they're going to try to get money out of it, winning out of people, but whatever they win, it'll be put back into the, into the game. Like, you know, Nick loves it. He's a racehorse owner, got horses with Fergal O'Brien, Michael Appleby on the flat, and Ollie Pears, Nick Brereton, got a real good horse run at Shelton this year. You have a look at the owners and that. Yeah. And he's a lovely chap and his wife. And what we're trying to do is going back to our bookmaking used to be 25 years ago no internet we're not going to have at the beginning just the phone so if you want to pick your phone up and say can i have two pound or five on that yeah you can have it yeah you know yeah. we're going to go back to how it used to be we're going to try to make it not as easy as it is for people to bet but just pick the phone up and do things like that and we're going to be on course we're going to be at Salisbury and places like that so you know you never know next time you see me yeah. it won't be Gary Wilkes on the top it'll be Bresbet represented by Gary Wilkes but I'm not going to go at the racetrack I'm just going to drive around and my job is to you know, we're, we're betting partners for Warwick Race Course. You know, we're going to yeah. bring you Toxita and yeah. little things like that, Aidy, where we're going to put a bit of life back in the game, give a bit back, and like we're going to sponsor a top jockey that'll be out on the 1st of September. We're going to sponsor him. You know, you'll see that in your papers. Yeah. And just just have a bit of fun, Aidy, and that's all. And all your, all your listeners today, you know, all I can say is, you know, let's have a bit of fun and go out there and, you know, and that's what life's all about. I've always said it. I've always will. And if any of your listeners, you know, who listen to this show, and if they want to come, at, you know, come and see me at the race school, please say hello. Please have a chat. Please say they enjoyed the interview. And, you know, that gives you a bit of hope, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, that, uh, that's what life's all about, a bit of hope, and let's try to all help each other, eh? So you're, you're, you're getting into the same game as Colin Brown's involved with in this sort of hospitality-type uh, entertaining and what have you. I see Colin Brown all the time. I see I was with, with him at Brighton last week when yeah. he killed us at Brighton last week. He does his hospitality in the marquee there at Brighton. He put up a full cast. He put up winners, Colin. You know, he absolutely... The bookies that was outside, I was one of them there on the, on the Wednesday and Thursday. And when he come by, I said, Colin, what are you doing to us? Like, you know, he tells them the desert all kid stories and yeah. when he rode Desi Orchid and different things but again a lovely lovely person yeah. character and that's what we need in the game Aidy we need characters and you know if we don't get characters you know we're gone but Colin Brown I remember that Desi Orchid what an horse he was the guy yeah. I loved the grey horse as well in my yeah. time you know yeah now well Colin's on our on our, on our racing show um, this 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 will be partly in the racing show but it's going to be a separate standalone programme this will be but Colin um, he does a, a, a weekly 
saw Session tipping tipping the winners, and he has mixed fortunes. One week he had ten winners, would you believe? So he he knows what he's talking about. But he's he's such a laugh, and he's such a you know he he just brightens everything up. That's that's what I like about him. He's a smashing bloke. Well, he, as I said, you know when he does the hospitality at Brighton, and he's always got his uh, coloured gear on and his coloured shirt and his yeah. coloured trousers, and his yeah. coloured tie. Yeah, and he was he was absolutely he was you know as I said at Brighton, he he's but he's fantastic. You know he's he's very you know he's a good grafter. You know he he, he works hard and yeah. that's what the game's all about, isn't it? You know the more you can work and the more you can do things and you know but Colin Brown, well you know another legend of the game. And you know that's what the game. We love it, don't we? You know mm. we're talking about legends now. You know yeah. maybe maybe AD, I could be the first of the oldens you have on the show. Maybe we'll have a few more on there, legends from the game. It, wow, it'd be great. We went with Gay Kellaway the other night. You know, yeah, and she was saying right. She she said, "Gal, are you going to the St. Legend meeting at Donny?" And I said, "No, Gal." I said, I'm, "I'm you know I'm not going." And she went, "Oh, she, you know I used to ride in the legends race." She said, "But now now I'm not riding and that." She said, "But I always get invited for the lunches now. That's what happened." When you get old, they don't invite you to do anything sporting, but they invite you for the meal instead, ladies. So, <laughs> you know, we've got Gay Kellaway there. But, you know, people like that and Colin, you know, Colin Brown, like yourself, Ray, you know, that's what the game's all about, mate. You know, you've got to keep us all, all happy, you know? Well, we, we try, but, I mean, I'm I'm 74 now, and, you know, I, I did 15 years with the Oval Town as head of media there and, and, and then started the radio station, and it's sort of it's grown from there. But, um, you know, I can't I can't retire. I can't sit back and do nothing. I just... Just can't do that. I've got. Yeah. i got to be doing Yogel, something. Was that, was that where the slope was, Aidy? Yeah, used, used, was... used to be. Yeah, that's right. It's, that's what it's famous for. But it's long since and moved Barnet. on. It used to be two. Yeah, Yeovil and Barnet, Underhill, weren't it? They were the two. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, um, Yeovil slope now is is covered by Tesco's, I'm afraid. But uh, uh, but uh, no, they've got a new ground now, and uh, but they've had a bit of a bad run, really. We've 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 um, we've gone down a little bit. We're in the National League now, whereas we used to be in the Championship not that long ago. So it's uh, it's a sad tale, really. But uh, hopefully, we're on our way well, back. I drive past, you know, I drive I drove past Notts County a few times, you know, when I go into town. Yeah. And if I go into Nottingham, and there's another club there, like I think we're in the National League now as well. They are, yes, are they? yeah. Yeah, nice. Big, big clubs that have just gone, but will they come back, you know, unless they've got the money behind them, like the Chelsea's and the Man City's and that, you know, they're Mm. very, very, you know, I was always an Arsenal supporter. used to go to the Arsenal as a kid every day. Yeah. And uh, I watched watched them the other day when they played the first match of the season against Brentford, and I was really, really disappointed, you know. Mm. It's Mm. not like, you know, in the old days, the players used to run for you for 90 minutes, didn't they? Now... It's like, you know, they're holding things back. I don't know, AD. I don't know, you know, but they were the days when people, you know, they were playing for like 100 quid a week, or 150 pound a week, 200 pound wages now. Yeah, they're yeah. getting millions of hundreds of thousands a week, you know, and it's the game's changing, isn't it? But also, racing, give it its due. I don't think we've changed that much, have we, Aidy? Not really. No, I don't. I don't think so. But I suppose you know, as you said earlier, the internet is the only thing that's kind of revolutionised the whole thing, and 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 taken away the the hands-on approach of you guys really but i mean apart from that it's it's still very much the same isn't it yeah it is yeah and do you have an also show every week on the uh yeah we do the, yeah like yeah saturday morning is it no friday night at seven o'clock friday night seven o'clock and is there anyone who sponsors the show ad no there isn't we'd love to have, have someone to sponsor it if we could find somebody because we're, we're, well, we're a not-for-profit yeah. station you see that's the point so we're just no. doing it as a hobby but if somebody came along 
along and you know we have had a couple of adverts here and there but it's a question of just paying for the you've got to pay for prs and all that sort of stuff as a as a radio station well well, all i can tell you Aidy, from the first of september and that's two weeks time when it is uh we'll we'll do it and we're going to have that on a friday night i'll come on and give you our tips for the weekend and sporting event or someone else will come on and and the show you know believe it you may you know i'm a man of my word and if we can help you and bread's bet as i said it's a new company out there we're going to go back to the old the old days and we're going to be involved with you and we'll make you bigger as well from the you know i love speaking to you you know and all you know and what you what you bring back into the game community station and i can assure you now that from the first of september we'll be on your side and that friday night you might have to put up with this Cockney voice for five minutes on your show. <laughs> we'll talk about the weekend, but we'll we'll be behind you and we'll sponsor the show. Well, that's brilliant, Gary. That would that is that's absolutely wonderful. So thank you for that. Okay, just, mate, just to no sort problem. just yeah, to f- fill you no with some problem, stuff. Yeah. But um, but look, Gary. Thank you ever so much for coming on the show. Really do appreciate it. Um, you are without doubt a character, mate, and and you know it's been it's been really enjoyable and, and talking to you. I mean, I'm I'm a Londoner as well, um, although both my parents were Welsh, but I was born in Ealing and I'm brought up in. We were in Acton as well before we moved down to Somerset. So uh, uh, I, I just I feel myself amongst kindred spirits, if you like. So that's you're nice. in a better place now than London. I can assure you, Somerset's a lot better than London. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's true enough, Gary. But look, thank, but thanks ever so much for coming on. Really appreciate it, and best of luck for the for the brev bet. And I hope it all goes well. Pleasure, Aidy. Keep well, keep safe, everyone. Thank you. This is Three Valleys Radio. The heart is a and you've been listening to the In Conversation program with Aidy Hopper. Make sure you join us every week here on Three Valleys Radio. And the reason that you had to care, the traffic is stuck. And you're not moving anywhere. You thought you found a friend to take you out of this place. Someone you could lend a hand in return.